Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 76 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda, you can find me on X at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan, you can find me on all social medias at Viva La Ethan. So 76, we passed 75, we're on to our way to 100 now. 76 uh do you happen to have a driver for 76 because honestly uh with my week i didn't think of a single person that was the last thing on my mind <laughs> this week to find a driver with a, who drove number 76 in nascar yeah actually no i don't have a driver um the first thing that i think of in with 76 in nascar is actually the uh 76 racing fuel oh unical yeah yeah unical <laughs> so that's the first thing i think of did they ever, they, they never sponsored an actual car, number 76, did they had to have? I don't think so. I don't they know. They had what? to have somewhere. I know that you can find little Hot Wheels. I know there was a Hot Wheels Dodge Daytona that was like blue and orange, and it was number 76, sponsored by Unical. Because it came with a little uh, trailer that went with it. So it's one of them like $20 Hot Wheel Dodge yeah. gas things. I, I remember that. That happened maybe just about three or four years ago, but... As far as an actual race car, I have no idea. I, I like I said, I didn't have a chance to think about it this week. Yeah, no, I I don't <laughs> have a set. I uh, don't have a driver for the seventy six. I'm sure there's a couple out there, but none that come you know bursting to my mind. You know, as none that everybody would know unless you really obscurely knew something about somebody that I don't. Yeah, <laughs> like Bobo Jones or something. You know, like from nineteen thirty two. Somebody out there drove it, but I didn't yeah. do any research. So, well, for sure. So, you know, this is going to be a pretty special episode that this is the part where Soda, I'm sure that you probably heard me get really excited when we first started recording um, about how cool this episode is going to be, how exciting this episode is going to be. Um, so, Soda doesn't know at all what I'm about to say. So, for the first time ever, and in the marbles with Soda and Ethan history, we actually have several special guests lined up for today's episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so, you know, just periodically throughout the, the episode, we're probably going to hear, um, you know, some awesome messages or some audio messages from our friends from podcasters or just some of our friends and maybe some voices that we haven't heard in a little while and some just some awesome people want to jump on and you know get in the marbles with us 
And you know what? I think uh, I think we should throw it to our first guest. Uh, this man, literally one of my, someone that I just absolutely admire so much. Uh, really close to you, really close to me. Um, this man had needs absolutely no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyways. He is the master of all podcasts. He's the the uh, professional co- podcaster. Uh, let's send it over to our good friend, Mr. Brian Breaker. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your pal Brian Breaker from uh, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, the TV Toycast Saturday morning rumble wheel. And I'm hopping on here uh, from my good friend, Ethan, to uh, he wanted everyone to send in some shout outs to our pal Soda Hunter. Soda turning the big 4-0. Happy birthday, my friend. You've been an, a longtime supporter of all the podcasts that I've done. You've been a great friend. Um, you're a fellow chop shop collector, so we definitely have that in common. I hope you have an amazing birthday, man, and uh, keep up the good work on In the Marbles. And I will chat at you later, man. Well, that was awesome, Brian Breaker. That's, that's really cool. I didn't expect any of that. Yeah. Oh, well, it gets better, that's, pal. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, Brian, I appreciate it, man. Big time. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, this past weekend, I know you were a little, a little busy, uh, and we're going to get into yeah. all that. Over international waters for most of it, yeah. With sharks and seals and eels and everything. I didn't else. see any of that, but I'm sure they were down there. You didn't see you didn't see any sharks. No. Oh, I did not. The only uh only wildlife I actually saw was birds about a hundred miles out, which was really weird, uh gliding over the water, uh, like like inches off the water and then diving and catching fish and you know, taking off and eating them. And um on land in Mexico, I saw like uh, gigantic lizards and iguanas and parrots and stuff like that. But aquatic wise, no, I never really saw anything. Oh, that's well. probably a good thing. That means it's, I'm probably in a bad spot if I'm actually seeing aquatic life on a boat. So, yeah, that's very <laughs> true. And I, I honestly, I cannot wait to get into all of that. But first, we got a little business to attend to, and we had a race this past weekend um you it's kind of funny because the way my work schedule is going to play out i will not get to see any of the race this weekend at talladega one of the best ones ever yeah i know and i'm really (laughs) really upset about it um but i just found out like literally like two hours before i clocked out today hey you're going you're you're gonna drive two hours north up to kansas city and work there for 12 hours and then come home the two hours and then you're going to drive all the way back up there the next day come back home and then drive all the way back up there the next day and come back home so um yeah next week when you ask me how my week has been it's going to be a little bit different than than what it was this weekend <laughs> so, or this week so uh but same first here off, same here by the way man i'll tell you <laughs> um first off a little thing that we kind of didn't get into last episode um we had four eliminations from the nascar playoffs Last week, um, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Michael McDowell. So funny thing about this, um, they were all eliminated in the first round. They are all Daytona 500 winners. And it's the first time in NASCAR Cup Series history that the defending Cup Series champion is eliminated in the first round. What's your thoughts? Um, I, I First off, I will say it's kind of weird we didn't even touch on that last week. Yeah. <laughs> like we had so much stuff going on. And the episode was kind of off the walls anyway. It's weird that we didn't go into that. I thought about that after the fact. I was like, man, we never even mentioned playoffs. 
yeah to anything but yeah um most of it i think was pretty expected based on how they ran mm-hmm. you know I, I i mean kevin harvick's was just sheer you know bad timing but i also said at the beginning i didn't expect him to make it to the next round you know i definitely yeah. did not expect him to make it past round eight you know the, the round of eight anyway but McDowell, I thought he would probably put a little stronger performance than that. Um, who else was it? Uh, did you say who, who else was it? It was Truex. Is that right? Uh, no, it was. Well, uh, oh, I just deleted it too. So, <laughs> Logano, I know. McDowell, Harvick, Logano, Harvick. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Can we? It's like, not. Like, it's not Bubba Wallace, right? It's. it's I think Truex. I think Truex. Made oh, it. it was. I'm sorry. It was Harvick. <laughs> Harvick, Logano, Stenhouse, and McDowell. Stenhouse, that's it. Okay, I know. I, whatever. I, I, it goes in one in one year and out the other. No. Um, if they're not surprising, even Logano because of how he's ran this year. Yeah, terrible. There's, yeah, there's been nothing redeeming about that 22, and that was part of the reason why I picked him this past week is because okay, now he doesn't have any pressure on anything, and he is fairly good at these mile and a half. You know, I just. You know, just figured, hey, this is probably I hadn't picked him all year. Yeah. And I'm not gonna pick him again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's he's gonna be the the defending champion will be the person I only pick once all year long. It's just that's crazy. I never had a need to. Yeah. Anyway. It's you probably saved yourself a lot of points doing it that way. So yeah. Um, so we got a little bit of Lionel Racing news, uh, two little snippets of Lionel racing uh first off i finally oh i say finally it was like a week but i finally got my 2023 kyle bush auto club raced win elite 124 scale diecast and i will tell you what i have not stopped looking at it since i got it <laughs> that thing is beautiful oh man it looks so good yeah there's a couple of things with the new Lionel releases that they announced and and uh are coming up that i, I do want to talk about there's two things in particular oh yeah go for it well Go ahead and do the uh, the waves real quick. Yeah, that was my next thing. Was uh, they announced uh, that wave f- was it five and six of the twenty twenty three line? So we'll go through that really fast. Uh, wave five, Alex Bowman in the twenty twenty three Ally Best Friends. So that's like with the dog charity that he does, and I love that. So I will get that one if I see it. Uh, Christopher Bell to twenty twenty three Dewalt, Austin Sindrick. 2023 discount tire todd gillen 2023 generator skills okay uh this is a cool one eric jones 2023 guns and roses yeah that was really cool yeah i thought of you when i saw that i was like oh i bet he would it's not sweet home alabama but i i bet he'd appreciate that um ryan (laughs) ryan priest 2023 haas tooling Cool. Uh, this one I'm going to definitely get. Ty Gibbs, 2023 Interstate Battery. That's a really cool... It looks really, really nice. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, 2023 Carvana. Mm-hmm. And that's also going to be the Chase... or I'm sorry, the Liquid Color Chase, I guess. And last but not least, 20 uh, Kyle Larson, 2023 HendrickCars.com. So just the typical blue and white. And I actually kind of like that. So I'm, I'm probably going to find that one. Get that one if I find it too. Okay. Which uh which one stand out to you? Uh that I guess would be the Guns N' Roses one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I mean that's that's probably about it, honestly. 
in that set. Not a not a whole lot of my favorites from that set personally, but you know, Guns N' Roses, that's a really neat. That's mm-hmm. a neat uh cooperation kind of thing they did there. So probably that one. Yeah, I would probably get the the Alex Bowman, Eric Jones, Ty Gibbs, and probably Kyle Larson. Uh moving over to wave six. Very interesting wave we have here. Uh, starting off, we have the NASCAR 75th anniversary 2023 Ford. So this is not of a driver. It's just NASCAR. It's like kind of a fantasy paint scheme. There's no number. It's just blue. It's the Ford body. And it says NASCAR, where there typically is a number and a sponsor. Uh, we have that one for Ford. And we also have the 20, uh, 2023 Toyota nascar 75th anniversary so pretty much the exact same car but instead of blue it's red and it's on a toyota um and then next we have the 75th anniversary nascar 2023 chevy so same thing um it's like a yellow like a burnt yellow and on a chevy body Mm -hmm. so those are kind of just get those three out of the way uh next we have noah gregson 2023 windies kind of cool looking diecast it it's neat it's yeah. interesting it's not it's not like awesome or anything but it's a really interesting design on it for sure yeah i probably wouldn't pick that one up but um next we have michael mcdowell 2023 loves travel stops good deal <laughs> so <laughs> i don't have that, much to say about some of them sorry yeah no that's okay <laughs> uh kevin harvick 2023 gear wrench pretty typical there um daniel suarez 2023 tootsies which is also going to be the chase liquid color limited edition so that's I feel like cool. i feel like they just did a chase with that 99 tootsies car i feel like you're right because i think i just read that this evening on the back yeah. of one of the waves that's in my walmart right now yeah <laughs> it but wouldn't anyway. surprise me yeah um next we have chase elliott's Oh, they me- oh they messed up. They did a typo. Uh, Chase Elliott, twenty twenty three. It says Wendy's, but that's definitely not it. Uh, nope. It's do what? I said nope. It's not it. Oh yeah, no no no. It's not that. <laughs> uh, Chase Elliott, twenty twenty three. Uh, Gates Hydraulics, which is pretty cool because that is the company that I was talking about, that rubber company, uh, a couple I don't know months ago. Uh, mm-hmm. That's actually here, not based out of here, but we have one of the bigger plants jobs that we have here is uh, Gates. And I've worked there three, four times on different occasions and it's miserable. So that's pretty cool. Uh, But the main event of this wave, Ross Chastain, 2022. mm, hmm, What's it's what? Yeah. The hell melon, I guess. I'm not going to try it. Yeah. It's moose. Be a moose.org or what? So whatever it's called like that. Yeah, so it's the Hail Melon in the NASCAR Authentics, and it has the right banner. Yeah. So I'm not happy about that one. Why? Because I bought the one with the wrong banner. Oh. Oh, no. I mean, I paid, what, $12 plus shipping? Yeah. For the, or I guess $9.99, $10, whatever it was, plus shipping, for the car that everybody said was incorrect, you know, why didn't you put the right banner on it? So what they do instead, they released it for $5. (laughs) Yeah. And they're not just sending a new version of it to the people that got the wrong one. They're just saying, well, if you want the right one, spend another $5. 
Like, eh, I, I don't like that at all. Just my personal opinion. It's cool to the people that didn't get it. Not cool for the people that got it and don't get reimbursed or anything because they get, they did it wrong. Yeah. But that's just, that's just my thoughts on it. Cool car though. Yeah. Um, pretty excited about that stuff. You had some little tidbits about Lionel racing. Well, I just saw today that their um, Wood Brothers came on Facebook and said that uh, they're releasing the or up for pre-order right now is the next and in parentheses possibly the last. I don't know what, what they mean by that you know, exactly. Uh, Wood Brothers uh, classic NASCAR diecast. They are releasing the number. T- um, I guess it's is it twenty one or seven? I think it's twenty one. Okay. The 21 Kyle Petty car for his, uh, it's his first win, isn't it? We sure it's not seven? I'm on it. I don't know why I think it's seven. No, it's uh, Wood Brothers Racing and driver Kyle Petty, um, number 21, or at least it says 21 on the front headlight Ford Thunderbird. Maybe it's not his first win then. Uh, it's the based off the 1987 Coca-Cola 600. Okay, that's not his first win. All right, his first win came in '86. So, um, really neat car. That's really cool. That the old like mid to late '80s Ford Thunderbirds and all that 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 era right there. That's like the time when Bill Elliott was racking off 200 mile an hour laps at Talladega and stuff. You know, that's a man. Probably about that time, about 212 miles an hour at Talladega. It's really, really interesting, and I'm very tempted to get that one. Ooh, I, I am. I'm very tempted to get that one because the older you get, the more interested I am in it. You know, especially with this was actually just a tad before, you know, my my memories of NASCAR because I was three, I think, mm-hmm. somewhere around here, three years old. I, mean, I don't remember what happened then. I don't remember what happened until about ninety one. Yeah, that's probably the first real memories I remember having of nascars uh wrestling a little bit earlier but nascar probably about 90 91 but that's just something i was i was seeing and i was kind of interested in see how it came out yeah absolutely um so next i'm we're gonna hit this full throttle hit the brake segment uh just kind of wipe out some of these topics that we don't need to necessarily go super in depth with there is a couple in here that we probably will go a little long with but that's totally okay uh so full throttle hit the brakes man William Byron wins Texas, making him the most winningest driver in the Cup Series this season. I don't know. I see. I didn't watch the race. Oh yeah, yeah. I tried to watch the race, but the sports bar that we had on the cruise ship didn't. It wasn't very easy to get them to change channels. You know what you could have done hmm. if you were thinking. You could have said, "Hey, oh, I screamed that into my mic. Sorry, I was so excited." <laughs> said, hey, I'm Soda Hunter. I'm a semi-famous uh, celebrity podcast. At NASCAR. least two dozen people know me. <laughs> At least <laughs> a solid two dozen. Um, let's watch the race. It's my 40th birthday, you know, and then they could have been like, oh, my gosh, you're totally soda from, you know, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then I'm sure everybody would have been like, oh, my God, can I have your autograph? Yeah, sure. Um, and it's especially that day was my 40th birthday. Sunday was. So. Yeah. But no, I didn't get to watch it. I got to keep up with it the best I could on um, like Twitter and stuff. But when I could do it, because those, we had the Wi-Fi package on the ship, but man, it is so spotty. 
Mm, yeah. Like insanely spotty. So, well, I mean, you are in the middle of absolutely nowhere, you know, yeah, the ocean. pretty much so. right in between new, uh, right in between new Orleans and probably when that race was going, I was probably right in between, like right in the middle between new Orleans and, uh, Mexico down there, South America. Yeah. Well, I was holding it down right here in Iola, Kansas, pal. <laughs> I was holding my couch down. Um, for me, I'm going to go hit the brakes. Uh, I, I forgot who I, who did I pick? Oh, I picked, um, who did I pick? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I picked Ryan Blaney. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there for a while I was watching it, and I don't know if you saw any of it, but uh, Ryan Blaney, I, I was really tentative. And the only reason I picked Ryan Blaney was because I made that selection and I already wrote it down in the in the history books um, weeks and weeks ago, and I just didn't want to go through the, all the hassle of of writing rewriting that page of my um folder i guess but i definitely should have because after this race i ended up doing it anyways um because i realized and uh well after last week's mishap with with the um picks on justin's part i was like you know it's probably a good idea from here on out to do the it's kind of like our version of pre-race inspection just kind of double check to make sure that you know the people that you picked in the fantasy cup and the fantasy cup that you are actually allowed because you know what it's mm -hmm. the first time ever doing this with more than just you and i um so you know uh, things might happen so i was looking it up uh, you know kind of looking over my drivers and stuff and i noticed that i had um some really heavy hitters left for the season so i actually legitimately thought to myself hmm if i wouldn't have already picked uh ryan blaney on thursday you know i could probably switch him for william byron and then i was like well it's already too late because i already submitted it um and you know ryan blaney it looked like he was in good shape there for a while uh he was up in the top five for i would say a good portion of the race uh it seemed like dirty air was absolutely treacherous which is always it always is at uh texas but i went with ryan blaney because i was there at texas motor speedway the one and only time that i ever went for the uh, 2022 all-star race which ryan blaney did win in controversial uh fashion with the window net and situation uh so i was like oh you know what i bet ryan blaney let's let's run it back let's do it again well uh pit strategy actually worked out in his favor um very well because he went from like 22nd to like fourth fifth third area and when he got that track position he was able to stick with him uh i was very impressed you know he probably i think he restarted third and dropped back to sixth and i was like all right cool like i mean i'll i know it's not a win but like i'll i'll settle for a top six that's totally cool um he sped on pit road and that was the end of his race after he got mired back in traffic he uh, got involved with a wreck and it pretty much ended his day so i think he finished like 28th or something so that was miserable so i am uh hit the brakes for that um texas this past weekend was the hottest texas race in nascar history <laughs> um i'm gonna hit the brakes on that one because uh i like to the one time that i went to texas motor speedway i really enjoyed myself and i plan on going back i do not plan on going back if it's gonna continue being the hottest you know texas race of all time um but i'm pretty sure I've been hearing rumors that Texas is going to not be a playoff race, which I feel like it probably should be, um, but maybe more like an October race, which I don't know about all that, but um, I'm hearing that it might be moved to April. So if that's the case, I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, 
the one part I really did see about the uh, the race was the one part I know I know about the race based on mm-hmm. Twitter and stuff is Kyle Larson pretty much was dominating the race and he had it and he had it he just straight up had the race until the end where there was a there was a I don't know what caused the caution mm-hmm. but I remember there being a caution and then I remember Bubba Wallace starting up front. And Kyle Larson went underneath Bubba Wallace, if I'm not mistaken, and just got the air just sucked right off his first spoiler and backed it into the wall. So I bet he loved seeing that caution at the end. And and honestly, I didn't even see where Bubba Wallace was at fault for any of it. He was just racing Larson hard to win. But yeah, that's the main main focus I remember seeing about that race and all the reaction to it on Twitter because Again, a lot of people were on there saying, "This is, there's no way Larson's ever went losing this race." And then they'll quote their tweet and say, "Well, I just jinxed them," you know, things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I would probably say that I I feel like Bubba Wallace dominated this race, um, right? You know, uh, very close to Kyle Larson. Well, I think they kind of both maybe I did, maybe dominating the race was the wrong term because I don't know. Maybe just dominate the end of it. Yeah, yeah Larson yeah. came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bubba Wallace actually he uh, led more laps at Texas this past weekend than he has in his entire career. I think maybe like, he's got some momentum coming into Talladega. Maybe, uh, <laughs> which is good news for you because as of today, that's who yeah. you picked. That's who I picked yep. for Talladega, which we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah. So pretty much you pretty much nailed it. Um, they were both up front on a restart and they were racing really hard, never touched each other, not once. And Bubba, he, he stood his ground. Uh, Larson kind of ran him up the track a little bit and kind of lost the back end. And as soon as that did, the air kind of took the rest of it and he backed it up into the fence. Um, Texas side side note, Texas motor speedway reminds me of Wheatland, Missouri, where they were at the uh, season finale of the SRX race. I don't know why I wanted to tell you that. I just kind of did. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of cool. I, I think it's a cool racetrack. Um, a lot of rumors about what they need to do to fix the racing and, I don't know. I think it's fine. Whatever. Uh, you have anything else about that? About Texas? Um, not really. Sweet. Not really. Just because I did, like I said, I couldn't pay attention to it a whole lot. Yeah. I did what I could paying attention to it, but most of the time I would just get a spinning wheel, you know, on my phone and nothing would load. So, hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, uh, and we're going to get into the fantasy cup stuff, uh, here in a little bit. And we also have a new segment coming on the fantasy cup stuff as well. Um, I think actually right now would be a great opportunity to get our second guest of the night on really fast. Um, he is once again, I'm going to introduce all these guys. Um, someone that doesn't need an introduction, just like Brian breaker. Uh, one of my, I don't know. One of my, closest friends already and i've only known him for you know like six months now uh one third of three brews podcast please welcome ryan bollinger happy boogity boogity birthday to the one and only soda pop uh it's ryan from the three brews podcast and i just want to wish a happy birthday to soda pop the biggest Alabama Red Tide Elephants fan that I know, even though I know he's secretly a Clemson fan, but wow. <laughs> okay, if you hear laughing in the background, it's my kid back there. He's or me. slap happy. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I just want to say happy birthday to Sony Pop. You're hitting the big 4-0. You're almost over the hill. You're almost eligible for senior citizen discounts. So there's something to look forward to. But, yeah, hope you enjoy your cruise, man. And, uh, you know, as always, peace, love, and all the above. And I'll catch you next time in the Marvel, brother. Happy birthday. So thank you to Ryan for that. that yeah, <laughs> thank, thanks a lot. I, I appreciate that. Uh, secretly a Clemson fan. I don't know about that, but, you know. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> we all know. It's okay. mm-hmm. Sure. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So uh, thanks, Ryan, for that. That's awesome. Uh, moving on with full throttle hit the brakes, uh, which is funny because I don't think we have once said whether or not we were full throttle or hitting the brakes on any of these topics. It's, we just talk about the topics. It's all right. It don't uh, matter. Let's, let's just go through them. <laughs> I'm very interested to see what you uh, <laughs> what your opinions are on this one because I have uh, some strong opinions. Uh, Ryan Priest and Chase Briscoe have Ricky Bobby inspired paint schemes this weekend for Talladega. I did see something about that. I mean, I I don't care. I mean, that's cool for them. If it's cool for the people that really like that movie, yeah, I don't. I don't either. So I don't. I don't care. But. I mean, some people do. Some people, that's their days of thunder. That's you know, my my days of thunder is is yeah. You know, that's that's the NASCAR movie for me. Yeah. Some people's NASCAR movie is Ricky Bobby. I, I hate it for you, but if that's what you got, that's what you got. You know, it's like some people's greatest of all time is John Cena, and mine's like Macho Man or yeah. Bret Hart or something. You know, I, I don't I don't know. It's just it is what it is. I I don't see the appreciation for it. Not like the older stuff, but I grew up with the older stuff. And then somebody before me would say, like, no, it wasn't that. It was six pack, you know, or yeah. it was um oh, what is that movie that Richard Pryor did where he was uh he was uh Wendell Scott? Oh, I don't even know what that movie's called. Grease Lightning or something, maybe. Mm. I don't even know what that movie's called. I, I think no I think it's something like that. But yeah, uh some people's NASCAR movie might be that. You know, but um, like some people's wrestler might be uh, Bruno San Martino instead. You know, so I, if it's if it's cool to you, it's cool to you. I don't particularly care, honestly. Yeah. If nobody would have said anything, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Right. <laughs> um, I don't. I think uh, Talladega Nights. The what is it? The ballad of the ballad of Ricky Bobby. Um, I watched it once and I thought it was incredibly insulting. Yeah. Um, it, you know, like football is, you know, super, you know, some people take it super seriously, which, you know, it's sports like it's supposed to, and you're supposed to have fun and and watch it too, you know, cool. Uh, NASCAR already has a really bad rap. Of another left turn, you know, like that whole thing, like which I just absolutely just want to scratch my brain when I hear that, you know. <laughs> uh, and then this this movie just didn't do nothing. Uh, like it didn't it didn't create new fans. It, if anything, it kind of made uh, you know NASCAR a laugh a laughing stock, and it, I it kind of just gave more ammunition for those you know naysayers and are like oh another left turn, you know. It just didn't do nothing you know, for it. So I, and plus like, I don't care. Like this has already been done. How many, how many Talladega yeah. nights paint schemes have we seen? We saw a little bit of Kurt Busch with the me and the Cougar thing at Talladega. So that one was kind of cool because he didn't have a sponsor. That one was cool. I will give you that one. I, I, mean, I appreciate that one. 
and they did have like a stuffed cougar in the in the car and i guess that was part of the movie or something and i yeah. thought that was kind of funny um you know before we started recording i guess Stuart house racing did like this four or five minute video on instagram with ryan priest and and chase briscoe going back and forth and doing the like commercials like the funny haha commercials in the movie um where it was just one after another and that's kind of what they did but like with their real life sponsors and i thought it was cringy and i didn't find it entertaining uh, I thought it was just kind of a waste of five minutes, honestly. So um not a fan of this whatsoever. And um, yeah, so I'm uh, curious uh, something from, from you. Um, have you ever seen the South Park episode, the NASCAR episode? Um, So, man, I don't know if I have. I don't think so. But I you sure would have known if you have. Um, OK, like, so I I haven't I don't think I've seen seen it, but I know there was and i know they were making fun of like danica patrick which i'm all for uh, yeah danica, but, danica patrick was like front and center yeah but they're not really making fun of her it's they're not actually not even really making fun of the sport it's eric in his perception of the sport that they're making fun of and um it just goes off from there it's just it's it's so funny to to see that episode knowing that, you know, the actual writers of the show actually do appreciate NASCAR because anytime NASCAR is in its own thing, like it's it's doing its own thing, mm. they treat it really respectfully. And it's not like, you know, Ricky Bobby and What's-His-Face, his teammate, yeah, you know, shake and bake, you know, that stupid <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, <laughs> Hold the phone. Can you do that again? Nope. If you missed it, too bad. Um <laughs> all that stupid mess that happened in that movie. It isn't like that because the NASCAR drivers, including Danica, they're all like professional, extremely professional. It's Cartman's stupid, butt that's, you know, sponsored by something like badge, Vagisil or something. Oh, nice. and yeah, it's, it's hilarious. And he says that the only way he can be good at NASCAR is if he becomes poor, you know, <laughs> he's, he's like, he's too rich to be a NASCAR driver. He's gotta be poor. He's like, Oh. oh my gosh, it has to be like everybody's perception of NASCAR, and they just make fun of that so hard. That's funny, but it's a decent checkout if if uh, you have like, I guess it's on HBO Max or I'm sure somebody somewhere streams uh, South Park. I don't know what what season it's in, but it's basically the NASCAR episode. Yeah, actually, we have cable still, and um, one thing I learned just here recently is that Kindle is a big South Park fan, so I have it actually recorded every time it comes on TV, like comedy central. So I, I mean, I have like a list of 300 recorded freaking <laughs> episodes of South park. So I can just go through them. And if I can find it, I'll definitely just give it a whirl and give it a watch and see if, uh, I'm nearly as insulted <laughs> with that as I am with, uh, uh, Talladega nights. So I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it'll be more insulted than Talladega nights because that's yeah. actually shining a really bad light on the sport. And yeah, South Park isn't doing that. South Park's just, it's its a stupid main character that's, you know, just being a jerk, basically. Yeah. I uh, i stopped watching South Park <laughs> after I was highly, highly offended <laughs> when they were making fun of the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did not the, like the that. The purity one. rings. Yeah, with, Listen, with Mickey and stuff. <laughs> here's a, okay, so here's a fun fact. So <laughs> I was such a Joe bro, and I still am. When I was in high school, 
uh, imagine this. Like I was a virgin in high school. Um, I had, I had a purity ring. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, when I won my high school homecoming king, um, January 27, 2012, by the way, wow. uh, I was, <laughs> I was holding a basketball and I had my king crown on and I was holding the basketball um, and I was front page on the paper. And if you look, you can see my bright green purity ring <laughs> in the newspaper. Now, did you watch that episode all the way through? Uh, no. I, okay. I was it has really... a good ending for Jonas Brothers fans. Oh, does it? Yeah, you kind of missed the you kind of missed the arc of the episode. Yeah, no, you I have definitely... to go back and check it out. <laughs> I will have to. I don't know. It's really hard for me to sit down and digest that episode, but I definitely will. Uh, moving on, we have Sammy Smith has is going to replace Josh Berry in the number eight NASCAR Xfinity series race car for JRM, which is Dale Jr.'s um, race team in Xfinity. This is the second year in a row JRM has grabbed driver from JGR. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I could have swore he would be in that 18. Yeah, last year it was Brandon Jones went from the 19 JR uh, JGR over to the 9 of JRM and now it's it's Sammy Smith from the 18 over to the 8 which is wild because that's exactly what Kyle Fish did um <laughs> last season. So interesting stuff there. Um Sammy Smith I I don't know. He's not well enough I don't know. He's not like a big enough driver for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a big Sammy Smith fan. He has potential, though. He does. He's very Serious fast. potential. Yes. Very fast. Uh, moving on with somebody that has a lot of potential as well. Raja Karuth will be racing for Hendrick Motorsports in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in the number 17 at Phoenix. Okay. I mean, that's a huge huge opportunity for him uh Seriously. <laughs> I, I hope i hope the best for him i you know he hasn't done anything that i'm like Ugh, yet um he's very he's a very much a rookie in the uh, truck series right now has had a lot of uh, good runs in the truck series mm-hmm. just hasn't had that moment yet but i feel like it's gonna happen and i feel like this is this is a, a big opportunity for him to say hey here I am. I am here for good. Or if he squandles, squandles it like um, Corey LaJoy did with the number nine in the Cup Series squandles. earlier. You know. Squandles? Squandles, baby. All day. Squanders. 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 Yeah. Squanders? Not squandles. Squandles. Pretty sure it's not squandles. <laughs> well, you know who's going to squandle their opportunity? Boris said he will be racing... <laughs> He will be racing the exact same race car uh, for Hendrick Motorsports, the number 17 in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, except this time it is at Charlotte Roval. That makes sense. So, um, yeah, he used to be a ringer like that. So, that makes sense. I'm excited to see him squandle that opportunity. Well. <laughs> um, Ryan Priest will be returning to the number nine, uh, 41 for Stuart Haas Racing in 2024 in the NASCAR Cup Series. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard so far. I haven't heard anything about two particular drivers. Eric Almarola? No. Um, I haven't heard anything about Noah Gregson. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard anything about Matt DiBenedetto. 
Mm, yeah. And the seat that I thought Noah Gregson was going to get just got taken. Yeah, the eight. So, yeah, Sammy Smith. Is there any word on those two yet? Uh, no, I have not heard nothing about those two, but Noah has finally broke silence from his uh, little escapade, I guess, if that's a word. Um, he posted on X and Instagram uh, a pretty lengthy video of him working out relentlessly, it looks like. So, um, yay. Don't know. <laughs> there was no context of it. It was just him banging some iron, I guess. Uh, so, you know, speaking of working out, it always pops in my head real quick. When whenever I hear about drivers working out, like obviously they 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 do mostly. I feel I feel like they do mostly cardio mm-hmm. because they have these long races. They have to make sure that they're in shape for, and that they can they can stand being alert for four and a half, five hours like that. Yeah. But physical muscles, they usually don't, you don't usually see jacked race car drivers, right? There might be one or two, like Carl Edwards was pretty jacked, but not usually that many jacked race car drivers. But I did notice one time I was, I was some special that Kyle Busch had on like 10, 15 years ago. Now I have no idea how long ago this was, Mm -hmm. but he was in a gym and he was working out with his trainer. And first off, you look at how much like there's, he wasn't working out. Not Kyle Bush. He look at him. He ain't never lifted a weight in his life. What do you well, mean? Well, you mean by that? This, listen to this. Is he scrawny? Listen to this. What? He took a wheel. Like, he took a weight, like a big round weight, maybe about a uh, twenty-five pounds, I guess, or something like that. I would guess it was a larger twenty-five pound weight. And he took it right right out in front of him, like a steering wheel. And his whole exercise from the trainers, you know, the trainer telling him what to do. It's a turn it right, left, right, left, right, left, back and forth, just like that, over and over and over and over and over again. He did that for like 60 seconds straight. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine how much that would kill my arms. Jeez Louise. And I, I looked at that as like, that is actually a very, very smart exercise because I've never seen anybody exercise like that except Kyle Bush. And I'm sure the other NASCAR drivers do, too, if they showed it that. That means, you know, either somebody else had told him to do it or, or they had been doing it all along and they just never showed it. I never thought to do that. Never thought that. And you're working muscles that turn the steering wheel, you know, left and right like that, that probably wouldn't normally get worked just by lifting right in various different ways. So that always comes to mind whenever I hear of an NASCAR driver working out, like physically working out with weights and stuff that always pops in my head is Cowboys turning that thing and like, like grimacing at the very end of it, like the 58, 59, 60, oh, you know, yeah. limp, you know, limp arms. So that's always, it always pops in my head. I don't know why it does, but anyway, anyway, keep yeah. going. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think this would be a perfect opportunity to stop really fast. Um, these are not audio ones, but I have two um, messages for you. Um, I'm trying to really hard to fight off a sneeze. Um, I've been sneezing literally through this whole episode. So that's pretty cool. Uh, first one comes from our friend, Eric Brown. Um, Eric said that he apologizes that he didn't get an audio submission for you, but he said happy birthday. He hopes that you had an awesome, awesome time on your cruise. And he'll, if we do it again next next year, he'll he'll get you an auto, audio clip uh, <laughs> next year. But he said happy birthday to you. Uh, drunk wrestling history. And and also, you know, with Eric and drunk wrestling history, it was kind of my fault. If I was actually thinking about this, I would have gotten all these 
before last week. Um, and I, it was very, very last second. So uh, Drunk Wrestling History was absolutely going to send an audio thing. Um, but they had things kind of pop up and stuff. But they did want me to tell you. The message says, tell him we said he has a lot of soreness to look forward to since he is now 40. And he will probably need to invest in an eyebrow trimmer soon. Happy birthday. I already have. And um, <clears throat> there's a story about about the turning 40 thing coming up. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're talking about eyebrow trimmers. My my guy, listen, holy moly, I need one. Because these bad We all boys, do. We all oh, do. God. The minute you trim them once, that's it. You're doing it for life. Same with yeah. nose hairs. I mean, it's just, it's like that forever now. Don't even get me started. Oh golly! <laughs> um, you know it. You know what? Let's uh, let, let's go to our third uh, guest I, or fifth fifth guest, I guess. Uh, how about yeah? Yes, I have to find it first. Hang on. Well, first, uh, thank you, Eric, and um, thank you, Drunk Wrestling History. I really appreciate the appreciate the kind wishes. Yes. Uh, next on deck, we have our good friend Steve from the PPW. <laughs> podcast what's up guys it's steve from the positively promising podcast and ones who wish one of our good friends soda hunter i mean his real name is kevin but it's your soda soda hunter on his 40th <laughs> birthday uh he's out you're out right now this past week on a vacation with your lovely wife and hopefully you get to come home to your awesome kids soon and have an awesome birthday and hopefully, uh, you know, during your, your vacation, you didn't run into any carny scammers trying to upcharge you for stuff. The carny BS we like to call. Um, keep up the awesome work with the In the Marbles pod and have a happy birthday. Happy 40th. I'll be there soon, too. Cool. But happy birthday, Soda. Have a great. Hope you had a great one. So that was from Steve from the PPW podcast. Appreciate it. Very cool. Him. Very cool. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there no. was some carny stuff out in Mexico. Let me tell you. <laughs> Hopefully, we can hear that, uh, hear about that a little bit later in the show. Um, I'm excited to hear about that. How about this? Full throttle, hit the brakes. Brickyard 400 is back, baby. July 21st, 2024, back on the oval, back where the history is. Uh, the yard of bricks is back. No more brick. Uh, Indianapolis Roval. We are back on the. Oval baby, I saw that about uh, two hours before we started recording. How do you I feel about it. that? I like it. Yeah, boy, I'm I'm very happy. I mean, I'd I'd have been okay if they kept the Roval, but they had to make it a different date. Hmm. You know, if they went back to it twice, I mean, that's fine, whatever. But I feel like the the Oval has to be there. I yeah. mean, it's just it's way too much history. It it's would be uh, next year will be the 30th anniversary of racing at Indy. My goodness. Yeah, 1994 was the first Brickyard 400. Next year, 2024, will be the 30th year. But not every year has been the Brickyard 400. So you can't even say it's the 30th Brickyard 400 because they stopped. But it will be 30 years since the first Brickyard 400. That's some history. You know, yeah. imagine if they were at Daytona and in 1979, no, 1989, they decided, uh, you know what, we're not good. We're going to run a road course from now on. Yeah, or maybe three years before that, we just decided to run road course only, no oval. That would have been some mess. Yeah, nobody would have been happy about that. I don't know how many people were happy about you know the oval being gone. 
I mean, yeah. if you have a, a, a slew of bad races or whatever, that's just, that's how it goes sometimes. But you, you can't erase the history of everything just because you're in a bad little slum as yeah. far as the racing goes. That just doesn't right. make sense. I mean, look at Texas. Um, <laughs> you know, and speaking of history, how about the announcement of the All-Star 2024 All-Star race coming back to North Wilkesboro? I didn't know that. That's cool. I'm glad. Yes. I'm glad they found another uh, another time to race there. Yeah, it. I, I have to. I mean, it's pretty. I feel like the 2024 schedule is literally going to get announced anytime now because we we're starting to get confirmations of, you know, uh, Indy ovals back. You know, the All Star race, and I'm even hearing that the Charlotte Roval's not happening anymore, and we're going back to the oval for two races. Hmm. And I am, I don't know how I feel about that, but I don't want to get onto that one just because it's not confirmed yet. But Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the one that's saying that the Roval's not coming back. The Charlotte Roval's well, not coming back. I remember though, after the uh, spring Charlotte race, there was a lot of, a lot of people saying, why the heck are we not running this twice a year? With this uh, car? It, was it was a really, really good race. I remember that happening. So it wouldn't surprise me, but man, they spent a lot of money on putting that Roval in there. I'll tell you what, man. And I, I mean, for what? Just, I mean, is it just going to go to waste now? It's just going to sit there and not do anything? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you what. I, I feel like that's probably should have been your biggest birthday present was knowing that um, the Indy Oval is coming back and not the, the <laughs> Indy Roval. But speaking of birthdays, we cannot sit here and celebrate your birthday without our next guest. Someone that you know very well, someone that I know very well. Um, I know that you're a big supporter of his work, his art, his figures, his custom figures. So let's go throw it over to our friend, Jason Wolf. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so does Big Four. Oh, man, I tell you, this guy has been a part of the Wolf Club now for a little bit. We've been appreciative of everything he's done for all of us. He is our sparky plug of the Wolf Club, if that makes some sense. Starting to get a little possessed by Wolfie Rhodes, if you know what I mean. Uh, so to have a hell of a happy birthday. And uh, saw you said you were pulling into port into Mexico. And you know what? That's what I said last time I was there. And it came back with a little suspicious itch. But uh, just so you know, a little, a little orange juice take care of that. But anywho, uh, happy birthday, brother. 40s, gonna be great. Just stretch in the morning. That snap, crackle, pop, big for Rice Krispies anymore. Any suspicious itches coming back? Uh, you know, I don't even think I saw what he's talking about once. <laughs> I think I know what he's talking about, obviously, but I don't. I don't think I ever. I don't know. What is he now? Now maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably really wrong. What he's talking about? He's probably going a lot different direction than my brain's going. It but is Jason. No, nothing like that. Anyway, shape or form, because um, if he's going the direction I uh, I think he's going, you know, I I I, was, I am married. I went down there with my wife. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, either way, on. I was wow. thinking he meant some kind of like uh, you know, you know, a toke or something. I don't know, but uh, neither, none of that. I never see any of that. <laughs> well, either way, we absolutely adore uh, Jason Wolf over here. Oh, yeah. uh, his art, his custom work is just the fact that he's not with a major toy company is just um, major anything. Yeah, just, just yeah. Period. 
just so thank you bloated. thank you jason i really appreciate that and uh i'm gonna keep keep those figures coming as as much as uh as, as long as i can afford it and as long as you're willing to do it i'll keep those figures coming those are excellent <laughs> yeah absolutely so i i'm doing a really horrible job of spacing these out because <laughs> hey, i have you know it's it's fine uh we kind of need to take a break anyway oh yeah yeah we got we got plugs and stuff yeah yeah we got we got uh, a couple commercials here that we're gonna play real quick um we want to keep that going because you know we kind of started it <laughs> yeah we did it's cool to see all these other podcasts uh you know promoting their friends and stuff and being able to put their own spin on on things too that's really cool um before we go to break i do want to say uh if you can uh check out skinnymixes.com we still have a code there marbles if you enter marbles at checkout you'll get 10 percent off your your first order and skinnymixes.com is a low sugar sugar-free keto style uh syrup company where they they provide coffee syrups liquor mixers you know like uh cocktail mixers and also uh water mixes so you can have like your the tiktok water challenge kind of thing that's happening where they they, they, they go to skinnymixes.com or uh, skinnysyrups.com i think it's another way to get there but they go there and they get these different flavor enhancers for water and they add to the water and they come up with all these unique flavors and things like that it's all there and like i said code marbles at checkout gives you 10 percent off your first order so check it out skinnymixes.com the following announcement has been paid for by the pulling up a chair podcast tim here host of the pulling up a chair with a chair shop podcast if you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level then i've got a favor to ask of you Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. Hey, we're live, pal, and we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you know that cows have accents? We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm AJ. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ryan. And we're Three Brews Podcast. We're a show where us three brothers sit down to talk about brews and everything else. Check out our website, threebrewspodcast.com, and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Happy birthday, Soda. Happy 40th birthday, Soda. Actually, he's turning 53 this year. Isn't that the number of his race car? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Anyways... Keep killing it. Keep doing what you do. Happy birthday. Yeah, dude. I, I really hope that you enjoy all the benefits of your AARP card. Um, I hope you had a great time on your on your cruise ship adventures at sea with the sharks and the 
seals and the eels and everything <laughs> else that is in the deep blue sea. I'm just hating. Oh, you you want to go on a cruise? Yes. Well, it's real expensive, <laughs> and we ain't doing that anytime soon. So we'll let Soda live it up on this one. So I hope you had a great birthday. We appreciate you. I love you like a brother that I never needed, but I'm glad that I have. And we'll do this all again next next year. So happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> yeah, I got that. <laughs> that was Jessica. And I. <laughs> well, I, pr- I appreciate it. Thank you, Ethan Dude. and Jessica. Thank you. Of course, absolutely. Um, uh, hey, get yeah. on the get on a carnival mailing list. They're not that expensive the closer you get to the cruise time. No, they I get all know. sorts of discounts. <laughs> I'm not going, dude. Uh, uh-uh. the biggest no. expense would probably be traveling to port. I'll t- well, okay, so it's not the uh, you know, here hopefully soon, you know, the money wouldn't be an issue, it would be the fact that I would feel so trapped because <laughs> I have the weakest, the weakest stomach. And uh, if I go around in circles too, too many times, I, um, I'm, I'm throwing up. And I would How hate in to- the world do you like NASCAR? If you go around in circles two or three times, you throw up. Well, I'm watching it. Like I could watch someone on TV spin around like a, you know, in a chair, eighteen times, and I'm not gonna get dizzy. Um, I'll find entertainment out of that. But I feel like, and I, that's why I kept on ch- checking up on you. I kept on texting you like every day because I was like, I couldn't. Even, and I was telling Jessica about this. I was like, you know, I hope he's having a great time, but I couldn't even imagine like if if I went. This is exactly how it go. I, the first. 10 minutes would be awesome and then i'd be thrown up and then i would get i like go you know not outside but like i would, <laughs> i would go i don't know on on the deck to get some air and look around me and realize that there is no land and then i would panic <laughs> and i was like oh my god and it would just be an absolute cluster <laughs> that's all it would be i'm never getting on a boat <laughs> ever did did you see some of the pictures I posted on Twitter? I did. Yeah, I actually showed Jessica all of them. My favorite one is the uh, okay on the way up there. We got the sunsets mm. um, because the sunrise sun rose on the other side of the ship, and for where, where we were at because we had a balcony and everything on our our, mm. our room, and we would get the sunsets. And I I took a you know neat picture too here of the sunset, but. My favorite one on the way up there or the way down there, I guess, to Mexico was the moon and how oh. it reflected uh, that moonbeam down the middle of the, the water there. And um, that's that's actually my phone background right now. Um, it, it didn't even look real. It was, it was so interesting. And, um, yeah, the stars are insanely bright out there. Mm. And as bright as they can be when you do have uh, a lot of light around the ship. You know, they don't leave the ship in pitch, you know, pitch black, you know, because people are constantly moving at all times of the night. I think the pizza place stays open at like 4 a.m., you know, so they're 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 moving all over the place in that ship. So, yeah. And then on the way back, we got the window view of sunrise and we got to see one really good sunrise uh, in the middle of the ocean. And I must have took like 15 pictures of that. Just never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I mean, some similar to that, like uh, with trucking over the canyons and stuff out out west. But as a, it's a different animal when there's not a single, not a single piece of land in sight, right? You know, and you see the sun coming up over the water. It's really cool, really, really cool. And um, 
I can go into some of the stuff if you want to, or we can, or you can keep on going with uh, the rest of the new stuff. I mean, I only have literally one more topic and then fantasy cup. So let's go ahead and do the, uh, the one more topic. Well, it's a little bit more of a a passionate one for me. Um, As of yesterday, it was announced that Kyle Busch sells Kyle Busch Motorsports truck team and assets to Spire Motorsports. I do remember seeing that yesterday. Yeah. Is it unexpected? Kind of, kind of not, right? Because you know he's... I mean, it's unexpected in the sense that uh, he, he wanted his son to drive for him. Yeah. But now that's not going to happen. So I don't know what that means. I guess it doesn't mean anything. Kyle has connections everywhere. Part of his deal with Richard Childress might be to have his son get in one of the cars in the, you know, in some series somewhere. So who knows? But so, um, I don't know. I I have been getting, and I say a ton, I'm talking maybe, I think, 12 DMs and messages and even text messages. Uh, people like, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear this as if like this was bad. This is not a bad thing. This is actually a really, really good thing. This it's is a really yeah, it's a good thing for his cup and uh, his cup endeavor. Like it's really good so, for his his cup, the cup side of things, and how he'll be able to focus all his attention on the one main thing that he's doing. Right. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of Kyle Busch fans that are like, "Oh no, like leave the memories alone," and like all this stuff. Okay, well, yes. I I had the pleasure of watching Kyle Busch win for KBM, I think twice at Kansas Speedway. Um, man, I feel like this is something that should have happened in 2015. You win your first Cup Series championship. Okay, let's let's get serious now. Kyle Busch did everything that he set out to do. Uh, obviously, besides win a, a, cup, a Truck Series championship, uh, which I feel like is going to come later in his career. Um, you know, Kyle said it a long time ago. He said, why am I, what, what am I doing? Well, you know, like all these kids that he's giving an opportunity to are literally using the assets that Kyle Bush is teaching them. Everything that Kyle Bush is, is, you know, providing them so they can elevate to the Xfinity series. Well, why would you be in Xfinity series? If the, the main goal is not to be in cup series, like for instance, William Byron. William Byron started his NASCAR career in a Kyle Busch Motorsports Truck Series truck. Now, William Byron just won this past weekend in the Cup Series. He's the most winningest driver with this season in the Cup Series with five wins. He's trying to win the same championship Kyle Busch is. So he was pretty much grooming his competition. Let me go through some of the KBM drivers right off the top of my head. Okay, um, Christopher Bell, Eric Jones, Todd Gilliland, uh, Raphael Lazard, John Hunter Nemechek, Chase Purdy, William Byron, Kimi Raikkonen, uh, Josh Richards, uh, Jason Leffler, Brian Eichner, Joey Coulter, Harrison Burton, Noah Gregson, Christian Eckes, uh, Chandler Smith, Johnny Benson, Casey Kane, uh, Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Brian Scott. Like, how many of those people did I just say that were absolute Cup Series stars? Yeah. Now, granted, Truex, 
Hamlin, Casey Kane. Like they didn't get their start with KBM, obviously, but Christopher Bell did. Eric Jones did. Todd Gillen did. John Hunter Nibichek did, uh, did not, actually. He did, he did not. Byron did. You know, like, I mean, Harrison Burton, I believe, did. You know what I mean? Like, Chandler yeah. Smith is going to be in Cup Series. He's already doing some off races. I mean, what is so? So, <laughs> I don't understand how Rowdy Nation is is all like up gun ho about this. Is because this. Uh, so imagine this: at your job, you start out very you know very bottom. You work and you grind your way to the very top, and you're whatever position you are in, you're the top guy. Okay. Someone comes in, you you know, you're getting promotions, you're getting, you know, more money, you're getting raises, whatever. Then your boss hires a new person in your department. So now you have to train them. You have to train them. And then eventually they're going to get good at their job. They're going to get raises. They're going to get pay. You know what? Eventually they're going to say, wait a minute, this is not enough pay. I want his spot. And it becomes a cutthroat situation. Exactly why, exactly how it is with, Starting in the truck series all the way to making it to the cup series. I well, I I was Kyle Bush. I would have done this a long time ago. That's kind of a a, a weird argument though, uh, comparing a job situation to a sport. Because there's as long as you are doing what you're doing, there's room for you in a sport. You know, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't see the comparison with a job and a sport because it's like we're wrestling fans, right? It's just like, it's just like the wrestlers that have schools and they're training like these top wrestlers in the, in the, in the industry right now that have schools and they're helping train these guys. Or maybe the, the top guys go to the performance center and they're help training these guys. And then they work programs with some of these lower guys trying to help elevate them. They teach these classes to these guys. And the next thing you know, they're in, they're actually like at WrestleMania one year from an NXT standpoint and they're beating you for the title at, at WrestleMania. But that's your job. You know, y- your job is to do the best you can, but your job is also to help provide the future of the sport something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I feel like he's doing at Cobbish Motorsports. But I don't know. I don't I don't like the argument the job argument because that's that's i don't know that's a to- i think i feel like to me that's a totally different type of argument but if you look at it in like a wrestling standpoint as long as you are able to do what you do you're gonna get like a spot you're gonna have your spot now you might not be the world champion or you might be not be the champion every single year but doesn't mean you can't be one of the top you know four or five in the industry you know, and still make really, really good money because dang, you're you're Kyle Bush. You know, I mean, you're gonna get made that you're gonna make that money, regardless. So I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that, but I also feel if you're looking at it, if you as a owner in the truck series are looking at it as a point to like, why am I helping out all of these people who are gonna end up being the future of the business, future of the sport, and end up beating me in the cup series. That's kind of a selfish way of looking at it. Well, I mean, it's Kyle Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he is selfish. Like, just like I am, you know, like I, <laughs> I feel like I'm the exact same way. Like, I feel like I, I kind of under, I kind of understand it, you know, like, so the reason I brought it up as like a job wise, um, 
So I make more than just the average Joe Schmo if they come into Walmart. So somebody found out about that and they're a new employee and they said, well, how do I get your job? Well, listen here, cowboy, you don't. <laughs> you're not going to touch my job. You're not going to, you're not going to, you know, no, that's not, that's not how it goes. So maybe, maybe it was the wrong analogy, but um, that's, that's kind of why I put it in that term. Yeah, I get it. I get um, but I get it. You know, I get that. Like, I understand like, Hey, I'm Kyle Bush and I want to be the best. And he thinks that he's the best. He absolutely feels like he is the best race car driver in all of NASCAR. I agree with that. Uh, I agree on that with, um, a, a lot of different viewpoints. Um, I'm being completely biased cause I am Kyle Bush's number one fan. Uh, you know, and I honestly, I, I said it before. I don't know why this didn't happen a long time ago, but now he's a championship, um, caliber, team in the truck series he's won 100 races that's he's the most winningest driver in the truck series he's, he's the most successful truck team i feel like you know and it's only been since 2010 so what else is there to do you know he, he did talk about the um bringing brexton in when he was 16 and stuff um hey things change you know like i'm pretty sure <laughs> just like uh i don't know just like ty gibbs Ty Gibbs, I don't think has ever raced a truck. Guess what? Because he doesn't have to. Because JGR is his, you know, Joe Gibbs is his grandfather. JGR has an Xfinity team. Well, RCR has an Xfinity team. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. a lot of people are saying, well, you know, when they announced and they were at the press conference when Kyle Bush announced that he was going to RCR, Richard Childress gave Brexton a $100 bill and said it was his sign signing bonus or something. What if... Now, nah, I'm just, you know, this is X and Instagram and all the social media. What if Kyle's going to take that money that he's going to get from Spire? What if he's going to go into RCR just like Brad did with Jack Roush? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see it happening. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. He might be a silent owner for right now and then you know when the time comes like, oh yeah i've been doing this for a couple of years you know what i mean yeah. whatever the case may be um but either way he's done with the stress of ownership now he doesn't have to worry about sponsorship he doesn't have to worry about funding he doesn't have to worry about uh, putting billions of dollars in his haulers to get you know to just have him towed back wrecked and damaged you know i mean the list of drivers that i just mentioned most of them were pretty stellar you know providing him a, a pathway to 100 wins in truck series but chase purdy um who's the other one <laughs> like i don't even know their names like mm -hmm. they're i mean the last three years kbm has been a laughing stock almost um the only time they win is when kyle jumps in himself you know the boss man's back for a, a race in the trucks and um i think I don't think he's going to have any sort of problems finding a team after he's done with Cup Series to let him come back to to race full time, one full time season in the Truck Series. I think he'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it gives him more time to be a father and stuff. So yeah, um, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm very very excited to see what the future has in store and more time to focus on the uh, Cup Series. But that leads us to our Cup Series, our Fantasy Cup Series. Um, not, you know, not a lot of shakeup after Texas. I went down <laughs> significantly. Um, there was a little bit, and I don't know if you were following this or not. Um, so I'm going to, so for everybody in the fantasy cup, uh, 
normally how this happens is uh, the race will end. I'll listen to the, or I'll watch the interviews from the winner, second place, third place, maybe fourth place after about fourth, four interviews. I'm and unless there's like a fight or something. Um, yeah. I normally, you know, sit down at the kitchen table. I'll be watching it. Cause the way my, like I'm sitting in the chair, like in my chair, in my kitchen and I can see the TV perfectly. So I'll have the TV going a little bit loud so I can hear it. And then I'll be sitting here on my laptop in the notebook doing all the point standing stuff. And I did that just like I've done literally all season. And I got done with the point standings. I posted it. Everything was good. Everything was groovy. And then I found out that it was like eight or nine drivers that like, I don't know if NASCAR timing and scoring glitched or what, but like Joey Logano was one, uh, AJ Allmendinger, Ty Gibbs, like there was quite a few and a lot of our fantasy drivers picked these drivers. Um, Mm -hmm. so it like, it said, I don't know, like Logano, when I did the points, it said Logano was in 13th. Well, actually he finished 21st. So I, of course, you know, you picked Logano. Like, uh, I think, um, oh, I can't remember right off Joe, possibly Joe picked Logano. Um, you know, like you guys were, I think you were seventh in the points or something. And then I went back to, I, uh, that's when I kind of discovered of who my drivers were, like I had left. And so I went and redid my, uh, my rest of my picks for this season, because I have some major heavy hitters for the rest of the season. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, there's no way I'm not going <laughs> to use these guys. So I went and rewrote all my papers and stuff. And then I went back and looked and it says Logano's 21st. And I was like, wait a minute. So I went back and I, I was like, Oh no, like most of these drivers are, you know, in our fantasy cup are completely wrong. So I redid it. I looked back at everybody's drivers. I redid it, posted it again. And then uh, I, I believe it was Jody Mitchell messaged me and he was like, hey, just let you know, you know, so-and-so had the same drivers, but they have two different points. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. It's so like I went back for a third time. So uh, the third time, I actually had Jessica help me. You know, we sat down here on the kitchen table uh, on it, like at the kitchen table. And we went through literally it took me, I think, four and a half hours. <laughs> it took us four and a half hours because from literally Daytona 500 all the way to Texas, we went through every participant, double-checked. We did research. I mean, we made sure that this was as accurate as possible. So moving forward, I'm going to start doing the, the point standings on Monday, which sometimes Monday I have to work sometimes. Most of the time I won't have to. Um so if it's not, you know, if it's Monday morning and I, I haven't updated the, the points, just, you know, hold on a little bit longer and I'll, I'll have it uh, posted. But with that being said, the 2023 in the marbles point standings after uh, Texas goes like this. Justin still in the lead. He has a 41 point lead over Matt. Drew is back to third over one point. Nicole, do not. Do not panic. You are only one point out of third. Uh, Jessica is setting fifth. John is sixth. Rock is seventh. Josh is eighth. I am ninth, tied with RJ. Uh, RJ is setting tenth, and that was funny too because we have the um, I, we have the same points. I believe he has two more wins than I do, but we have the exact same amount of second places. And I think we have the exact same amount of third places. And then I have one more fourth place finish more than he does. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, Soda, you are 11th. Billy is 12th. Tim is 13th. Caitlin is 14th. 
Joe is 15th. Jody, the Canadian, is 16th. And Ryan is still holding it down 17th. And uh, double points this week. Oh, man. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been more indecisive on who to pick besides this season, uh, this this race in particular. I got really, really lucky last time because I actually pushed... um, Oh, who was it? Tim, I believe. I pushed Tim to a a double point race win. Uh, I finished second. So now I'm like, man, I really need a win here. So I I have it down to two people. And on the little graph that I have to keep score on who's picking who for this weekend, I have either this driver or this driver. And I think I'm going to wait until Sunday or maybe until after practice and qualifying and stuff. And I have to base it off that. But Let's we'll see. It's not going to be any practice. Good deal. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Just I'll, one qualifying lap. Oh, one no. single no draft qualifying lap. Oh, that's my. what you have to go after. There's no practice on Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta. Oh man. <laughs> so I have it down between a, a night, a pretty heavy hitter, or a really good super speedway racer. So, so I'm like. Oh golly. I don't know what to you know what? Um actually it's weird. I have uh, a phone call coming through. It's uh, one of our friends. That's weird. Um hello? Hey guys, big underscore bang. The quiet with the soda hunter. A uh, happy big four oh. And I got it hang on, man. Hang on, just one second. I got a buddy who wanted to who wanted to chime in and wish you happy birthday? Okay, I'm different. Hey, 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 Dora. Happy birthday, buddy. I know it's uh, been a while, but yeah, yeah. Good, good talking to you. Happy birthday. I hope it's a good one. Dad gum. Miss you guys. So have a piece of cake for me, okay? Oh, I gotta go. All right. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All right. See you later. All right. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> when was the last time we heard Bill Venus? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm so happy he's not dead. Golly, he was stressing me out. Uh, good to see. Oh, you know, good. for for a birthday present, Bill Venus could, um, you know, melt that that big giant chain he had of the uh, tag titles and give give us our belts back. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I mean, yeah, PHPW, but that's fine. Whatever. Uh, uh, thank you, thank you, Bane and uh, uh, Bill Venus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good friends of the show. I love, I love me a good Bill Venus. I'll tell you that, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, you, so uh, in all transparency, so you know how I was super, super giddy at the when we first got on. Yeah, that happened like, t- like not even ten minutes before, <laughs> and I was in the bedroom, and I was like you know listening to it and i was like oh my gosh like it's bill Venus. <laughs> like i love 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 that and i'm never going to delete that out of my phone ever <laughs> ever <laughs> but uh yeah so um let me see i think that's really oh um we actually have a new segment yeah you wanted to do the top five didn't you yeah so um and we're going to make it really fast, I promise. Um, <laughs> so we have a new segment for the show. I'm really excited about this. Um, one, one thing that I was really, uh, I've always been kind of 
excited about with Tales from the Estate, our good friends, Drew and Caitlin Vinsel, is they do a top five. And I always kind of wanted to somehow incorporate a top five into in the marbles. I just never knew how to, but then I kind of I stumbled across this idea. Um, we're going to call this segment Top Five Tales to Watch for this weekend. I am really excited. Obviously, this weekend is Talladega. Um, so we uh, compiled a list of five drivers who you should probably keep an eye on. And sometimes we'll have honorable mentions. Sometimes we won't. Um, do you you want to start or you want me to? Do you have any, any honorable mentions? Well, I feel like I got one decent honorable mention. All right, let's hear it. Watch for the people that decide after the first stage, maybe in the middle of the first stage, that it's too crowded up front, that they're racing too much up front and they have to drop to the back. Watch those people. They're not going to win the race. No, they never do. Nope. They never win the race. In fact, that hurt Hamlin pretty good at Daytona. Mm -hmm. So I'm beginning to wonder if uh, he's never going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. So watch that group of people. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's usually somebody. Uh, somebody that, that usually has a chance to win the race, has a really strong car, that just gets terrified of the situation they're in. They drop to the back. And then they'll either lose the draft, they'll make a mistake on pit road, they'll go a lap down, or they'll get caught up in a wreck anyway because you're not safe. The only place that you're safe at is if you're way out front, mm -hmm. you know, and pretty much you can't be way out front. So just watch those people. Yeah. Um, so this segment is, I hope that we can incorporate this uh, segment every single week when there is a NASCAR race coming up that next weekend. Um, so I have four honorable mentions. Um, the way that this is going to go, my honorable, honorable mentions do not go in any sort of particular order, but my top five does. So I'll start with top five from least to number one greatest. So my my honorable mentions, like I said, does not go in any sort of order. Um, getting on and off pit road, it is super easy to spin out and, and cause a lot of uh, missed opportunities and a lot of time on pit road. My uh, favorite place to sit when I'm at Talladega. Yeah, I mean, you could lose the race trying to get onto pit road, so you've got to watch out for that. Um, another thing I have is uh, a few inexperienced drivers. Um, if they're leading, if they're in the lead, if they're in the lead pack, can they be trusted, or are they going to get shuffled back? Right? Um, one more, uh, two more thing. Uh, manufacturers working together. So this field, if you're driving a Chevy, you have to help a Chevy. So that's what Chevy says. Chevy wants Chevys to work together. Fords want Fords to work together. Toyotas have no other option. They have to work together. So um, for hindsight, there's 17 Chevys in the field, 15 Fords, and six Toyotas. So it's uh, Toyotas definitely have their... <laughs> They have their hands full, so I would rather be a Chevy or a Ford when it comes to super speedways. Uh, my fourth honorable mention, Chris Buescher. Uh, teammate power, baby. He is 100% on board with the same page as Brad Kozlowski. Um, seems like Brad Kozlowski uh, pushes him all day, including Daytona, where he got his, his win at uh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, and Plus, he's farmer. Farmers are strong, man. They're strong-minded, so I know he's <laughs> tough mentally. So he can get through 500 laps at Talladega, and he can be there at the end. Okay. So who's your top, who's your five? Your fifth? Your five? My fifth is probably going to be Brad Keselowski. Oh, okay. Because you know, with with him pushing Busher before, yeah, I feel like the favor is going to be returned. Oh yeah. 
especially since Brad hasn't won yet in this mm-hmm. team. I, I just I feel like the favorite's going to be returned, and you're going to see Busher locked to the rear bumper of that six all race long. Yeah. Uh, spot on, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I He may be on my list. I'm not sure. Um, my number five is Carson Hosevar. Um, I, I say him, I include him, um, and I, I wrote a couple notes beside his name. First thing that came to mind when I said Carson Hosevar, I said inexperienced. Is he going to do stupid moves? He did some at Texas. He almost wrecked the whole field at Texas because he did a stupid move. That's all right. He's learning. He's a rookie. He's not even a rookie. He's a pre-rookie. Um, nobody Will anybody trust him? Will you draft with him? Are you going to push him to the front? I don't know. Better watch out for him. <laughs> um, I guess I go to number four now, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say Ross Chastain. Oh, okay. Because he's won here before, and he is getting desperate. You know, he's not, he's not solidly in the, the next round. He, I mean, just, he's always seems like he's on the fringe of the, of the round of the, uh, the cutoff, you know, I feel like he's getting desperate. I feel like he's pretty good at these types of races. I mean, he did win one, so you gotta be decent at it. If you won one anyway, I feel like he could have a good day and with enough aggressiveness, he could actually pull out a win. I cannot disagree with you. That's a fantastic person to watch. Um, my number four, Bubba Wallace. And I put aggressively aggressive. Is he going to be too aggressive? Probably. Is he willing to take chances? Absolutely. Bubba Wallace, definitely one to watch. And I guess my number three is going to be Kyle Bush. I say that because he just, he won the last race here. And yeah, I think it came at a you know crazy, crazy finish where everything just kind of fell in his lap right there at the end of it. But hey, you have to be up front for it to fall in your lap. So RCR is notoriously good at these types of races. And he's not bad at himself. I I'll say uh I'll say Kyle Bush for my number three. Great minds think alike, and this is exactly why I wanted to do this segment. I want to continue doing this segment. Uh, my number three is Kyle Busch. I put winner, defending winner at uh, Talladega. I said he's a mad scientist trying to like where to put your car in air. He's like the modern-day Dale Earnhardt when it comes to super speedway racing. Uh, he knows how to get it done, maybe not as often as Earnhardt Sr. did, but he's always there. He's always in the mix. And and to go back to my number four, who was in the who was the race leader when they wrecked? It was Bubba Wallace. And you're like you just said, it was yeah, Kyle Bush. Yeah. It was Kyle Bush who wreaked all uh wreaked all the benefits, you know, winning that race uh earlier this season. So definitely Kyle Bush. And like you said, RCR is a powerhouse when it comes to super speedways. Keep your eye on that eight car. Mm-hmm. And let's see, my number two. Will probably be Bubba Wallace, just because he has one there. He was about to win before he got way too aggressive and wrecked in the spring race, and he's kind of on a little bit, little bit of a momentum swing right now. He's constantly up near the front. He's racing. He's racing for playoff spots. He's still in it. Uh, he's, he's one that obviously I picked him this weekend just before we went live or went recording. Yeah. So he'll be my number two. 
Great minds, man. I'll tell you what. Um, my number two is Bubba Wallace's teammate, Tyler Reddick. Um, maybe not for reasons that you would think, though. Uh, for Tyler Reddick, I put cautious. Very, very cautious. He's always fearful of coming home in one piece. It's almost like 2311 can't afford to tear up more race cars. Bubba Wallace is more of the guy that will absolutely stick his nose in a, in a spot where it might not belong. But Tyler Reddick is the one that's a little bit more cautious. Is that going to you know, uh, ruin his chances of, of winning a race? I don't know. I'm not, I mean, you're in the playoffs. You have to go. You have to take spots. So it'll be really – I'm very curious to see how Tyler Reddick races this Sunday. The most winningest drivers at Daytona and Talladega are not cautious. True. Just saying. Um, and my number one guy is going to be Denny Hamlin. Mm. He's he's just he's a restricted plate, super speedway kind kind of track king right now. You know he is he's the man there at all of these tracks. He is the man. He's he's always leading so many laps. He's always up front until he you know makes a stupid decision and gets scared, but. The momentum he's got, how good he's doing right now, if there's any chance that he's going to win a championship in his career, it is right now. This is the, I feel like this is the best year he has, the best shot he's got to win a championship. 100%. And uh, he'll be the main guy to watch at Talladega. Denny Hamlin just, it's different. He's different this season. Like, it's almost like he's just, I don't know. I can't even explain it. He's different. Uh, not a bad number one, that's for sure. My number one is your number five, Brad Kozlowski. I put uh, demanding. He he is not afraid. He is not afraid to push you to the front. He is not afraid if you get squirrely. Um, always, he always knows how to win super speedway races. Um, always top five, it seems like. Pushed Chris Busher to the, um, the last super speedway race win. So, Brad Kozlowski, and I'm going to give you a little insight. Uh, the two drivers that I'm trying to decide on who to pick is Brad Kozlowski or Tyler Reddick. Um, I cannot decide between the two, and it's probably going to have to come down to what car would I want more in my diecast collection if I do win, and I think it would be Tyler Reddick with the um, uh, McDonald's paint scheme. Uh, but, man, Brad Kozlowski, you cannot count him out. He knows how to get it done. Yep. I uh, I agree with Brad. I mean, I, I think you know I have other drivers over him, but definitely mm -hmm. he's he's like one of the top guys. If as long as as long as he can get the help instead of being the help, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. yeah. Well, that's gonna pretty much round out the NASCAR talk for the show. Yeah, absolutely. Did you want me to go into the cruise a little bit? I it's gonna be a long episode. AI and I want <laughs> you to go into every detail of the 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 cruise. I don't know about every detail, but I'll go into to I'll, I'll go into some of it because this was my first one ever, you know. And um, yeah, we uh, it was it, it it went out of New Orleans. It was on the uh, ship called the Valor, which actually made news. If anybody noticed, there was a story about uh this cruise ship that, that just made news today and uh it happened like late late last night probably about um eight nine ten o'clock last night but i'll get to that uh when we get there but it 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 was docked in new orleans and it goes out of new orleans down to costa maya mexico and uh then it hits cozumel the next day and then comes back to new orleans so it's a it's a leave Saturday, 
Sunday, which was my birthday, is a full day at sea, no land in sight. And Monday, you're docked. We docked probably around um, 10 or 11 a.m. And you go and you go, you visit you know, the shore, Costa Maya, for four or five hours or something like that. And then you come back and they leave. And we go to Cozumel, which is less than a day's trip. We were docked the next morning pretty much when we, when we woke up. And we could get out there starting at like uh, 8 a.m. Hmm. And we, got, we had our way to like 4, 3.30 or 4 before we had to come back. So we spent all day in Cozumel. And then we left Cozumel and spent a whole day at sea on Wednesday. So no land in sight. And as we were going to sleep, we started coming up the Mississippi River to go to uh, New Orleans. So that's when you started seeing the land you know, on either side of you there. And we were, you have to go real slow down that river. That's a long stretch. If you look at a map and you look at the uh, port of new Orleans, there's, it's not directly to water. It is a long stretch of river that takes you way out um, towards uh, the ocean. And I didn't realize that until we actually were about to like leave. I looked at the map. I was like, wow, we have a long, we probably won't even see like, open water you know in the daylight because we didn't actually leave until like four o'clock that afternoon saturday oh wow yeah we didn't we saw it was still nighttime and we were still seeing lights and buoys and stuff flashing uh with the land as we were going down we didn't see open water till we uh, woke up next morning so we had a good probably eight nine ten hours worth of uh you know sailing or cruising whatever down the uh mississippi before we actually saw any water um and i didn't expect that as far as the seasickness goes i uh i i have only had one open water boat trip before it was on a a, a ship a lot smaller than this it was a fishing trip that we went on and yeah i threw up i think three times <laughs> yeah i can't i couldn't do it I couldn't even stand up. Like at one point I felt decent enough to where I was like, okay, let me have a poll with it. was like 25 other people out there on the ship. Like, let me have a poll. I'm going to, I'm going to try to catch a snapper here. I'm just, I'm going to try. But the minute I have it out there, I'm looking down at the, at the line and I can't do it. I was there maybe 15 seconds. I know somebody take this. There's no way I can't do it. But the minute I come into, you know, minute land comes into view, I'm perfectly fine. Really? I, it's, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I was eating fish on the way home. <laughs> Did you catch yeah. it yourself? No. Oh. I couldn't even I couldn't I could only fish for 15 seconds. Oh. Yeah, but a bunch of a bunch of people were catching fish and we were like frying up some of it on the way home. And uh yeah, the best tasting fish I ever had in my life. Be, after I threw up three times, just like maybe two hours earlier. You know, it's just it's it's wild because as soon as land comes into view, you're fine. You don't feel anything. And honestly, the ship, the ship is not the biggest ship that Carnival has, but it is, uh, it's pretty good size. And you, you don't really feel the rock that much. I mean, if you, st if you stand completely still, <laughs> God, did you hear that? I did. Yeah. <laughs> my dog's doing circles in the bathroom and he just banged his head into the cabinet door. Oh, no, he's fine. He's okay. fine. He's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude, anyway, daddy. yeah, the, it's a tail. 
Okay. He's going to do it again. Well, well. What was I saying? Oh, gosh. <clears throat> this dog. You were, you were eating fish, and then you saw the land, and you didn't get seasick anymore. No. Oh. I was beyond that. Oh. <laughs> talking. You're not listening to anything I'm saying. Damn, I'm very much listening. <laughs> I, was, I think I was talking about the size of the ship. And how um it's just gonna be background noise now. You don't really you can feel the rock of the boat when you're um trying to stand still. You will lean from side to side. It, they have stabilizers to where it really helps. So it isn't like things flying all over the place. So we never got to that point. Um, you only get to that point when the stabilizers are broke. And pretty much anything from what we understand from the cruise director. Cause he talked about a horror story one day when he was cruising like that, where everything that's not bolted down is thrown from side to side. I can't imagine being on a ship like that. I cannot imagine. You pretty much just have to, you know, lock your doors and, and, and lock the uh, windows and just kind of lay on the floor and just hope you don't, you don't roll out the balcony. You know? right. I, I can't imagine that. But um, on the way down there, we really didn't have any, any hard turbulence at all as far as no choppy waters it was pretty smooth sailing the uh the wind was kicking real real strong when you got up to the top of the ship because we were running at 35 knots and then the wind was blowing on top of that and yeah it it would blow everything you had in your hands and on your head out like completely off and out you know so uh as far as what all we did in the in the crew like on the ship itself they had a casino on there we had a drink package that allowed us like 15 alcoholic beverages a day yeah boy uh we didn't come close to hitting that oh um i mean i guess the last day we came close because that was an all day on the ship thing and it was uh i think we got to 12 12 or 13 something like that but that's that stretched out to the entire day you know, and that includes things like hard seltzers and is you like I had I had a lot of hard seltzers, angry orchards, things like that, because they got they got to a point where like the drinks are amazing. The drinks are absolutely amazing, but they're all syrupy, fruity, rum type drinks. Oh, you know, it, it sounds great. It does sound great. About seven or eight in, you're like, okay. I'm done with this. You know, give me something that's not sweet. You know, give me something that's not going to give me heartburn for all the dang juice I'm drinking. Right. You know, so because two days into this, we were like just begging somebody's like, does anybody have any Tums? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This might be where I realize how old I am <laughs> at this point. <laughs> we're begging for Tums on this dang trip. And well, all the food is free except for uh, like one or two little spots, but we never ate there. They had a buffet which had a kind of bland food, but there was like the breakfast was pretty good, and the um, they had one station that was really good. It was like a uh, stir fry station, and and it had a line way out the door, so everybody knew that was the best thing to do. But as far as the other food on the bu- on the buffet, it's kind of bland. But they had a really good burger joint. Oh, and I, really? I posted a picture of that on Twitter too. Uh, Guys Burgers, I think it's oh. a yeah, I think it's a cruise ship exclusive. Is it uh, is it Five Guys or is it just Guys? No, guys, like oh, okay, uh, Five Guys is awesome too, but this ain't. Oh yeah, it is. No, this is like a Smash Burger. Like, oh okay. Uh, you know what's what's his name? Guy Fieri. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. I always mess up his last name. I but that's his burger joint. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, it's excellent. Excellent burgers. Fries are like, yeah, they're okay. But the burgers themselves are absolutely outstanding. Uh, we probably ate there four times. Oh, wow. Four or five times, you know. Um, they had a good taco station, too. Uh, the pizza was all, all handmade there, too. Little small personal pizzas uh, on flatbread and stuff like that. And those were really good. And that, that like I said earlier, that actually stayed open at like 4 a.m. So when everything else was down, like the bars closed at 12 and and got guys was only open from like 11 to 6 every day. And it was down. So, you know, you had like a rush at the beginning, you had a rush at the end, but somewhere in the middle, you could go two or three times and we didn't have a line. But pizza was an all day thing. And they also had another restaurant that actually like cooked and served you food. And that was, that was kind of mediocre too. Like the, really the best thing on it was pizza and uh, the tacos were really good. And the uh, burger station was good. Other than that, the food was just, eh, it was all right. I don't get why everybody says you go to carnival, you go to a cruise to drink and eat. It's like the drink I get, but eat, you're kind of stuck with burgers and burgers and pizza. You know, so if you want to be good, but anyway, um, they had a lot of entertainment, like a lot of game shows. I think they did deal or no deal one night. Uh, they had live music. There's like three bars, three separate bars on, on, uh, on deck. I think, um, Three or four, actually. Now I think about it, I think it was four. Uh, we really only visited two. Commonly, we visited the sports bar a couple of times. Uh, a lot of college football fans on there. A lot of Alabama fans. So we had a lot of people, you know, kind of mingling right there. And um, the piano bar was the best thing we, we did the whole time. And we didn't discover it until... I want to say Monday night and Tuesday was the day that I got kind of sick. It was like the only day I got sick because I had the preventative measures I took. I know somebody asked me this earlier and uh, the preventative measurements I took to not get sick. Uh, my wife found these uh, patches like uh, from, from her work. Uh, she, uh, I think she had a doctor give her a couple of these little patches, these uh, seasick patches. It's, it's to kind of like dry up um, your saliva and stuff because that kind of helps you get sick constantly having to swallow and, and all this. So it kind of dries that up. So, but side effect, it made you really thirsty. So it made the drink package worth it. Right. But <laughs> my God, yeah. but it, it's a little patch that lasts for about two days or so. And you put it behind the ear and oh wow, yeah, you can go either side, you know, you alternate because I think I used three total the whole trip. But the second patch I had uh, got lost in Cozumel. As I don't know, I don't know if I was in one of the pools or maybe just with the, the weather the way it was, um, it had fallen off and there was no way of getting it back on. So it's like, okay, it's not sticky anymore. It's not sticking. I'm on land. I'm fine. And when we got back to the room, you know, we had already been out, you know, having a really good time at this place I call Mr. Sancho's. It's like an all-inclusive resort, all you can eat, all you can drink. So we would have a really good time with that. 
And then we got back on the ship and just kept, kept swimming and, and mingling with people and kept getting in hot tubs and things like that. Cause they had two or three different pools, like three different hot tubs, probably four different hot tubs total. There's a lot of stuff you could do. Like a water slide was there, just a bunch of stuff you could do on deck. And the, uh, I didn't realize that I needed that patch again right away until we started moving mm-hmm. and we were in like slower water, like, like shallower water and we were moving real slow, but we were rocking a little bit more than I'm used to. Yeah. And I think it, there was also a storm. We had to go around a little bit and that made us rock. Anytime he had to make a uh, course correction, it would rock the boat pretty mm-hmm. good. Not like, like I can't stand up, but more like, no, I have to catch myself as I'm walking. Right. You know, you can't walk a straight line. And I didn't have that patch anymore. <laughs> oh no. And I didn't have uh I didn't I don't think I took any medication that morning either. Like used most mornings I took a preventative and depending on how I was feeling, a uh in the moment mode you know, medication. Like a dramamine is uh something, I forget what it was. Uh my wife knows more than that than I do, and I don't want to go, you know, saying that maybe I was taking something I wasn't supposed to take. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But I took what I needed to where I could not get sick. Yeah. And it worked until I didn't take it. And we were taken off from Cozumel. And it's about seven o'clock now. So we've been on the ship for about four hours. And feeling pretty good from the drink package and our day at Cozumel. Next thing I know, we go to di- eat dinner. Like we actually get dressed and not in like swimsuits and stuff. We actually get dressed a little bit and we go to dinner and I can't even eat my plate of fries. And this, this motion is just back and forth, back and forth. It's like, Oh my God, I got to go lay down. I can't handle this. I got to go lay down. So I went upstairs and took the medicine I needed to take. And I laid down, I set an alarm for like nine, nine 30, I think, because at nine 30, the piano bar opens up, but nine 30 came and went. My wife had already crawled back you know, up to the thing and up to the room and got in bed with me. And when I, my alarm went off at nine 30, I was like, Nicole, how do you feel? She's like, it's up to you. How you feel? I, like, I think I want to sleep tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Let's sleep till tomorrow. And yeah, that was my only real problem with this motion sick. Now the, the story that came out of it was that somebody had to get airlifted last night off of oh. the ship. Oh, I saw it twice today as a story on Facebook from the news outlets in New Orleans. Yeah, somebody, um, I think they had a stroke. Oh, no. Like, but just like, what did they say, 61, 60, 80 miles off the coast? So literally like the last few hours of the trip, somebody was having stroke-like symptoms and the boat had to stop. But in order to stop, it had to turn a certain way. And we didn't know what was going on, but we knew all of a sudden we were sitting there uh, at this at this bar, which is extremely good. That We didn't really discover how good it was until the last night of the cruise, which is a shame. Because yeah. they actually had drinks that were not all syrupy and run, or rummy and things like that. But they had really, really interesting flavored drinks. And we were sitting there and literally like rocking to the bar and then almost off her chair and to the bar and off her chair. Like 
I'm not getting sick, but I feel like if I don't have any medication in me, I will be sick. So can I ask you a question real fast? Mm-hmm. So when that started happening, was there any sort of like Titanic vibes? Like were no. you like, oh, we're going down? No, we could feel that some some we were like turning or something, but you couldn't. Let me tell you what Titanic is like the biggest joke on on the cruise ship. Oh. That's like it's a joke. They love they love making a Titanic joke. Let me tell you, at least three different things we went to made a Titanic joke. Fantastic, <laughs> my kind of people. Especially the oh my god, I could. It's so dirty, but I could tell you about that piano bar. That is the funniest piano uh, bar player, like piano player at a piano bar I've ever been to in my entire life. I could, I could tell you so much stuff. First off, he was Mexican Mm. and he made so many jokes like, like how him and the captain never got along and he'd be pointing at the cameras like, see that camera, the captain, look at me. He looks at me right there, you know, things like that. And he waves at the captain. Hey, how you doing? You know, and he'll say something crazy, like, uh, uh, was like, this is Michael Jackson. I will play Michael Jackson. And he goes to play Michael Jackson for, for this person over here. And I will try not to touch myself. Oh, that's awesome. Allegedly. <laughs> Amazing. And he'll point the, he'll point the camera. It's like, sorry, sorry. Yeah. And he'll be like, I can't go. I can't, I can't be vulgar until 10 PM. What time is it? Nine 40. Oh, and he'll get off the microphone. It's so effing hard to not be. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude is hilarious. And he always talks about every song he picks up, he loads this thing and he says, This is the last one for tonight. And they're like, No, it's like, oh, I gotta go wash the dishes. <laughs> Fantastic. The dude was hilarious. My God, he has so much good. Um, I mean, and he knew exactly what to do. He knew he was really good at what he was doing. He really knew uh the type of humor he was going for. Dude's got a Facebook page and everything, and I'm following that now because he is like legit the funniest, funniest piano player I've ever seen in one of these things. I've been to a few of them too, but uh, and he was just a solo act. You know, it wasn't like a dueling piano. It was just a solo dude right in the middle of the uh, of the bar, and everybody sat around him, and we all shout songs at him, tip him, give him suggestions, all sorts of stuff, and he go into he do all sorts of stuff. You know, and just. I can't even explain. You just something you have to see. He'll go live once in a while. I'll, I'll share that if uh, if I ever see it, I'll, I'll let you know about that. Yeah, but like I could go in a whole episode about that alone. But yeah, somebody ended up having a stroke-like symptoms, and he got uh, she got airlifted. She was sixty-one years old, I think. She got airlifted from the national uh, the Coast Guard off the boat from a helicopter. Like they put her in a back board type thing on a big rope and hauled her up and took her off. But we had to stop completely to do that. And when we stopped, there was no motion whatsoever. It was all that stopping and turning and slowing down that rocked the whole boat the way it did. And that was the most I felt it rock, but it didn't last very long. And I was, I was decently medicated by that point. So it didn't bother me, but I'm trying not to go all, all day about this, but, um, Overall, Dude, you, you just you were on a ship or you're on a cruise, man. I want you to go all out on this. Everyone well, listening, they know it's going to be a long episode. When I, I just listened to the last episode of uh, the pre, if they drop one today or tomorrow, I didn't listen to it, but the uh, just the previous episode of uh, Tales from the State, mm-hmm. and they talked about how um, 
it was uh, Caitlin's first time in a foreign country. Canada, yeah. In 35 years. Yeah, same here. For the first time in 40 years. Now, I've been right on the edge of them, top and bottom. I've been to Laredo, Texas, and I've been way up there to the Canadian border in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to both. But I've never actually crossed the line. And I crossed the line for the first time on this cruise at a uh, 40 years old and one day. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in there with her. I, I completely get it. And, uh, I was talking about the carny stuff that you, you actually do see out in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So we had two different ports that we went to. Costa Maya was first. It's a small port. And at these ports, they have different photo opportunities for you to, to take pictures of. And of course they all want to tip and you know, all this, you know, that's, that's fine, whatever. But you can also just take selfies in front of like the signs and things like that. So you don't have to do any of that. But as you're walking down, they have these Americans pegged, right? They have them, they have them down to a science, right? I'm wearing something like Alabama swim trunks and Alabama Crocs or something, right? Just, something I can just walk around with and go, go jump in some water. And all these ports have like pools, things like that. And uh, this one actually had a pool and a swim up, uh, a swim up bar with it. And it was a, a very, very neat thing. Water was way too cold. But other than that, it was a really, really neat situation. And, um, you know, they serve you these big, long, massively long uh, <laughs> plastic pitchers of different drinks like pina coladas and blue hawaiians and things like that um one with some shape like palm trees which i i feel like we're not supposed to be palm trees but somebody ordered a little palm tree uh lids for them because they look like something else but anyway oh, um yeah. <laughs> you have to see it i'll just send you a picture of it it looks like something else it looks like uh this was actually meant to be something else but somebody mm-hmm. said we cannot serve that you have to find a different way to, to sell that. It's like, okay, fine. So there's a palm tree topper. There's a little leaf topper. There's a palm tree. It's like, you say so. It don't look like no palm tree to me. Like, we're talking about like the male organ, right? Yes. Okay. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ribbed and everything. It, it looks oh, exactly wow. like it <laughs> I feel like it has a different hat. Oh. I'm just God. saying. Gotcha. Um, somewhere, somewhere's, in the back, there's got to be like a bag full of little hats that they don't, they don't get used. <laughs> right. Yes. But uh, they serve all that kind of stuff. And But as you're walking around, there's shops everywhere. Souvenir shops, there's jewelry shops, there's liquor stores, there's tobacco stores, there's pharmacies that you can't just get your stuff that you don't need prescriptions for here in Mexico that you do in America. Amazing. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's, and most of that stuff you can't even bring back to the U.S. I don't, I don't get the point. Like, you can't bring that tobacco back. And if you buy liquor, I guess uh, nobody asked me about, you know, any purchase of uh, pharmaceuticals coming back. So I guess you can do that. I don't know. But uh, if you buy the liquor at a cheaper price there in Mexico, like like some really good strong tequila or something that you can only really buy there, you have to turn it into the cruise ship and they won't give it back to you until you leave. Oh, you can't even use it like, and that's the same if you buy it in because they have liquor for sale, full bottles in there in the cruise ship, but you can't open the liquor there in the cruise ship. They hold it for you until you leave the ship. I don't, 
I don't know. Say why now? Some people I have seen this. I did see this one time. Somebody just bought a whole bottle of tequila and just drank it out there in those five five or six hours out there on the cruise, like in, yeah. at port in the pool. And she was just sharing it around with like five or six different people, and they were just taking turns swigging the bottle. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm surprised they made it back on on ship. Honestly, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you would you would walk around and all these different places would sell hats and. All this, but they saw I had all this Alabama stuff on, and every they, every one of these stores had somebody out front, at least one person out front, yelling at us as we come by. And every time they saw me, it's like, "Hey, roll tide! We have Alabama right in here!" You know, <laughs> every so, you don't know what roll tide means. Go yeah, <laughs> you see the elephant, whatever you know, and they they see LSU. Hey, LSU! We got LSU in here too. You know, they don't know. A lot of NFL stuff, a lot of college football stuff, just wrapped up in all this Mexican culture, like uh, wood carvings and and sugar skulls, and just so much. We came back with more Alabama stuff on this trip than I think I usually get at Alabama when I go to a game. Oh, awesome! I'm not, I'm not even lying. I think we came back with shot glasses and uh, this this Mayan um, this head wooden head sculpture. That was Alabama themed and uh, just crazy. All sorts of crazy stuff. But it was like that at both ports. And then, like I said, one day we actually uh, hopped in a taxi, which, man, they drive insane. They, you know, yeah, Drew and Caitlin were just talking about their Canadian Uber driver uh, on this past episode as well. I heard that and it made me think of it. But this isn't just like this is like a taxi service right there at the port and couples like would, would get together. Cause you get like four to a, a car and it would be one price regardless of what it was. It was like 17, $17 one way to oh, go wow. the 20 miles or a 20 minute drive. I think it's 10 miles, 20 minute drive down to Mr. Sancho's down the beach. Some, so, you know, you split it up. It's like what? Eight and a half dollars a couple, something like that. So basically it was like 10, a couple, and we would, you know, tip them and we go on, we all go on down there. And, uh, I think on the way back, we didn't have a couple to go back with us cause we were leaving a little early cause we wanted to shop some and, uh, we wanted to spend the whole $17, but it's whatever. Um, not a bad, not a bad deal, but man, they actually drive on the correct side of the road. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, there's, this is what I, I had a, we had one person, uh, during a bingo thing, uh, she was hosting it and she mentioned how, you know, she didn't understand why America's Americans drove on the wrong side of the road. I was like, no Americans invented it. So we did it first. We did it right. You guys all messed it up. (laughs) If Americans invented the automobile and invented driving and invented traffic, (laughs) I feel like we get the opportunity to say, Hey, this is how it's done. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are doing it wrong. We did it first. This is how it's done. You're the ones that are weird. It's like, whatever. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> don't you think that's right? I've, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. Well, Even Mexico does it this way, but they don't have lines on the road. <laughs> I would look at them and I'd look at them and say, USA, USA, USA. <laughs> they don't have lines on the road in Mexico. What? Not where I was, not where I was at. They didn't. It was a stretch where at one point on a two lane road, we were three wide. Going in one direction. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh wow. There's, there's, it was scooters, two by two, a, a car on the outside of that. And, and my, our driver was like, they're going too slow. So he pulled out and did oncoming traffic and passed them. 
Oh my, I was like, oh my God. I'm get, we're going to die. <laughs> I got sounds, more motion sick on that cab than I did the whole trip. Sounds like a back road, Kansas back road, <laughs> <laughs> back road, Kansas back road. <laughs> See, I always thought it was a little fishy in uh, Texas. When you go down some, uh, some side roads in Texas, they're wide enough, like the shoulders wide enough for an entire car. Yeah. And it's not like, uh, like some of the shoulders here have those little bumps that let you know that you're going off the edge, you know? Yeah. Uh, that making bump noises, whistle noises, something like that. Texas doesn't have that. They have two lanes and they have a 75 mile an hour, uh, speed limit on those two lanes that coming at each other with no median. And then they have a shoulder big enough for a whole vehicle to be. So the idea is if you're riding along at 70 or 75 and somebody comes flying up on you at 90, you better pay attention. You better move over. Wow. And ride that shoulder until they pass you. That's, that is their intention for doing that. That is expected. And as a truck driver, I never really knew that and got honked at and flipped off a lot before I realized, Oh, I'm supposed to do that. Sorry. There was no sign for that. That wasn't on my uh, CDL requirements to know this. This is just some backwards rule you guys made up, but it was kind of like that in Mexico. But honestly, m- the most fun I had was the port days. Oh, nice. It was um really really interesting. We got uh we got uh the kids and uh, ourselves some nice little uh, souvenirs. Almost bought something as silly as a sixty five dollar um shotgun, not shotgun, but pistol uh bottle glass bottle with a stand and like six shot glasses as like bullets. So you would like open the cap of the, with the, the tip of the, the, the pistol and it would have like all the liquor in it. You know, it was all empty, but it had all the liquor in it. You could pour six shots out of the pistol. <laughs> it's oh, so that's stupid. Awesome. It's awesome, but it was so stupid at the same time. We almost bought that. I can imagine going to a scanner, trying to get that back on customs. Like on the oh, ship. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So you bought a gun? It's like no, no, no. That's a whiskey bottle. So you brought whiskey back? No. Uh, how about we just open it and show you? <laughs> I would have. We tried never. We didn't it. do it. We didn't do it. Uh, I kind of regret not doing it now, but I don't have to find it online somewhere to get it shipped. Because no, I'm, just go back. Just go back. Just, and get it. just go back. Sure. Um, but yeah, we we woke up this morning as the ship was docking. At about 6 a.m. in New Orleans. And by 7.45, 7, or maybe 8 o'clock, we were on the road headed back home. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Came home, took the, you know, picked the kids up from daycare and, and uh, school because they had dentist appointments and picked the dog up from the boarding and dropped the dog off, did everything he had, had to do, get the kids off the dentist, uh, went out to eat. My wife went on to work. Yes, she's working tonight. Crazy. Um, and here I am about to wrap up a podcast and have to go to work tomorrow morning at 3 a.m. <laughs> were your kids at daycare this entire time? No, no, no. Oh. no. They were at okay. school. The kids were at school. The okay. the youngest is at daycare. Your kids were at school the whole time? They they were with their grandmother. Oh, it's like, whoa. <laughs> a cool daycare. <laughs> no, they were with their grandparents. That's and, awesome. uh, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Um, I think that's about it. Met a lot of really interesting people. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting experiences I had never had before. We had like a group group thing to where we would like uh, all put in a bun- bunch of money and go out to the casino and all take turns pulling to see if we would win anything, and we didn't. But um, 
then we had another was a shot glass exchange group, I think, where we all like played Dirty Santa with the shot glasses, you know, and uh, just different varieties of things. I, I come back with like a Yeti, a little miniature Yeti looking shot glass. Um, just neat, just neat stuff. There's some things I've never done before, and I'd go back again. I feel like I'd rather go on a Disney cruise personally than anything like that. But Disney has their own private island, so I think that would be really cool. But that's way more expensive than Carnival. I completely understand why you want to go to Carnival again because Carnival got a bad rap. I think I think they're pretty cool. I, I like Carnival cruises. I think that was pretty cool. But I think that's about it, man. Heck yeah, man! That was that was <laughs> insightful. I'm very excited about that. I'm glad that you had a great time. It sounds like you had a life changing experience, you know. There, so I'm happy. I am that- more happy that I just didn't get sick. I got oh, sick so of lay did- down but I didn't throw up at all. Oh, see, that was one of my questions I had was, did you puke over the, like into the sea? Cause that's what I would have done. No, they kind of frown upon that. Oh, really? Yeah. They don't want you doing anything off the edge. You want me to puke on the, on the floor or over the, you know, over the, I, I bet they would They'd much rather you just, you know, try to make a bathroom, but they'd much rather you, uh, throw up like on deck somewhere. Yeah. Don't, it- don't go over there. <laughs> that, oh, well, yeah, I guess, you know, you could accidentally like slip over and yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that makes a little bit more sense, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, since we went long, I think we should just kind of bypass all the, the drafting partners tonight. We need to get on out of here, man. Yeah. I think they would make an exception for yeah. this episode. Um, I appreciate everybody that pitched in to do a birthday wish. And I hope I didn't bore you to death. With this uh, cruise talk, no, I I haven't had a lot to contribute to this show today except for that because I've been out of country. So it was one of our best ones yet, and I think the longer we go, the more fun we're having. So that, that's all there is to it. One of our best ones yet, the ones I haven't contributed to. <laughs> yep, yeah. I got that. I got that little subtle jab there. I got that. <laughs> I didn't even that's realize. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, I was trying to think if there's anything that I had tried, maybe that I had never tried before. Like, cause you think you go to Mexico, you're going to find all these, uh, like amazing drinks or foods or something like that, that you've never seen, never had before. Um, I'm trying to think, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. The best thing I ate the whole time, even with the burgers and the pizza on the cruise ship, the best thing I ate was off the ship at this resort called Mr. Sancho's. Mm. They had the all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink, whatever. First off, their drinks were incredibly good, but pretty strong. So you had to pace yourself with that. Um, A lot of good margaritas. But the best thing I ate was their coconut shrimp with orange sauce. I had never had anything that tasted so good in my life as far as like shrimp goes. Like I could probably name one or two other dishes that I might have picked over this, but as far as everything I ate on the whole cruise and there while I was there and even in Costa Maya, I um, never had anything that good. And thankfully, since it was only like three jumbo butterfly shrimp on there per dish, I didn't, we didn't have to pay per dish because it was all inclusive. We got like six orders of it. (laughs) 
So it was just like, keep that coming. Come on. That's the best stuff you got. Just keep it coming, you know? But like I said, I hope I didn't bore everybody to death. No, not at all. Um, so uh, what do you think, man? Do you, uh, you got anything you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, actually, yeah. There's mm-hmm. one more, uh, you know, one more set of people that want to say something to you. I don't know them personally, so I can't really give them a proper introduction. But I feel like if you listen closely, you might know who they are. The 40th birthday, Deb. Uh, I'm so, so grateful for all you did for me. I love you. Oh, Noah. Happy 40th birthday, Daddy. Love, Joan. Happy birthday, Daddy. We love you. Happy And as always, peace, love, and all the above. Well, that's a good way to end the show. Me crying. <laughs> Yeah, that man, that was that was tough. <laughs> I, I'm starting to tear up. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Uh, that was my oldest son, my middle son, and my youngest daughter, and my wife. All right, there. the The whole world, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna get on out of here before I start becoming a blubbering idiot. <laughs> and we'll see you next time in the marbles.